0: Welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church, Accra In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 25 God says, I'll refresh the weary and satisfy the faint Does God care about you? Do you need divine wisdom for living? Tune in to the refreshing words of Calvary Baptist Church as Rev. Dr. Fred Digby, the Senior Pastor, and other ministers share the Word of God with you. This is an every Saturday from 8 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And now, The Message.
1: It's my joy to welcome you to this refreshing time with the Word of God coming to you from the pulpit ministries of Calvary Baptist Church. We are a member church of the Ghana Baptist Convention. I trust that the year has begun well with you and you are determined by the grace of God that you will finish well because God is for you, God is with you, and God is working through you. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you for your loving kindness. This is another day you're giving us, another month, another year, and we are glad to be part of this. We receive this year with thanksgiving, and we pray that every moment of our lives will be lived to glorify your name, that our faith will be faith anchored in you, that even though we live in this world, we are not subject to the circumstances of this world whether we are in hospital, in the office, at home, and at work. We declare that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the only one we are waiting for. Bless your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Fred Digby. Last week we established that for anything that anyone must achieve in this world, you must have faith in what you are doing before you achieve it. And for the Christian, to go through another week, another year, be triumphant, be joyful, it must be based on the faith that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ and what God has done for us and what He will continue to do for us. So this is part two of that message on faith. If you need the tapes, if you need to hear this message again, contact the radio ministry or the Calvary Baptist Church and they'll be glad to make copies for you what is faith? We took our definition straight from the Bible itself. That faith is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen, and it is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. God gave His approval to the people of the days of old because of their faith. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Hallelujah! So the New Testament straight tells us what faith is. That faith is not a feeling or emotion. Faith is the foundation of our relationship with God. Faith is believing that whatever we have, whatever we see, whatever is in this world came about because God made it. In fact, when God in the first three verses, it said, Let there be light, and there was light. Something interesting was happening. Space, matter, and energy, the three creating components of all reality, came into existence. And so, we believe that what God says is the basis for our living. Otherwise, you run into all kinds of absurdities, people wondering where we came from, from fishes, from monkeys, from a hole, from whatever. How do you how, how do you explain that? You see a car on the road, a very beautiful car, and somebody asks you, Where did it come from? And so it just fell from the sky. Is there a maker, an owner? You say I don't know. I don't think anybody made it. It just came. Well how many cars have you seen like that? But day in, day out we see human beings being born, some are dying, some are being born, some are rising from Poverty rags to riches because of the grace of God. So my friend, don't try to have faith. Faith simply starts by acting that God's word is true. It will make all the difference in your life. It is when we know that God's word is true and we act that it is true and we sit on it, that its reality comes to us. Faith is not something we have as much as something we do. So somebody has given you a ticket, said this ticket will take you to the stadium. Take it and go to the stadium and see whether they will not admit you. Somebody has given you a piece of paper, says a check, take it and go to my bank. They will give you money. Take it and see what happens there. They'll give you the money and you'll be surprised at how this piece of paper can enable you to come to riches or enable you to watch your favorite team. So... The Bible describes faith in this simple terms, and God in His Word tells us, if you have a simple childlike faith, you will attain a lot of things in this world. A number of things that we can say to play with words for us to see the six dimensions of faith that are named in the Bible. First is the saving grace. That is where it all begins, that you believe that whoever should call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so Romans 10:9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you prayed that prayer? Have you received that gift? Day in, day out, people give you gifts. Until you stretch forth your hand and receive it, it remains in the hand of the owner. Have you received it? Yes, that's saving faith. Yeah, but that's the beginning point. And yet, that is the foundation of all. Secondly, action faith. That's putting faith into action or putting feet to your action or to your faith. You see, you can say you believe in something, and yet, if you don't act on it, it shows how much or how little faith you have in that thing. So, somebody sends you a piece of paper, says, "Take it to this bank or this uh, Western Union or MoneyGram," and you look at it and say, "What paper is this?" I will not go anywhere. What would happen? You would not receive what that money is meant to do. You will not receive it because you do not believe it. There are some who say, I can't see, so I won't not act on it. I don't believe it. No, I'm not going to act on it. Well, the Bible tells us clearly without faith, it is impossible to please God. James chapter 2, verse 14 says, What does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Say, so have faith. So you have faith, therefore you get up enjoy fellowship with others. You have faith so you pray for others because you feel that they need God's grace. You pray believing that God can answer your prayer. Demons can be cast out. You pray and you give money because you know a cause is worthy to be supported. You pray because you hear the voice of God saying, take this child, support this child, support this woman. So putting faith into action is the second dimension of faith otherwise it sits down it doesn't do anything friends are you like that you are just sitting down saying you believe you are waiting till the heavenly bus comes and it takes you to heaven that is not what God meant for you beyond saving faith there must be action faith without works is dead then there is a the keeping faith that is the trust that is the third one That's a continuous trust in the promises of God. There are many, many circumstances in this life, but you have to keep affirming over and over and over again that your faith and your trust is in God. Faith is not a race that you start and it's finished in 100 meters. It is more or less a marathon, a 26-mile journey. And as you see those people running the marathon race, sometimes you see them, they are tired Their legs are wobbling, and here they keep on and on and on and on because they are aiming at something. Boxers training, footballers training, all of them training because they have something in mind. It is a continuous revelation of God, a continuous dependence on God. You see, we may not all be that fast, we may not all be that slow. It is like the race that we are told between the tortoise and the rabbit. The rabbit ran fast. But let's take the end of the story. He also got there. But the tortoise also got there. And as somebody joked, God had enough patience when he was selecting the animals to have room for the rabbit. But he also has room for the tortoise. Whether you are a tortoise or a rabbit, if that's what God has wired you to be, keep on trusting him. When you fall, rise again. The Lord, I'm with you. Lord, you are with me. Lord, you are for me. I'm coming, and I'm coming. So, trusting faith, keeping faith, is a continuous trust in God's promises. That is the assurance we have that the Father, whatever He has promised, He will provide it. It is His word we can count on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, it says, Nor do we claim credit for the work someone else has done. We hope, that your faith will grow and that our work among you will be greatly enlarged. You see, that is steadfast faith, the work that grows and grows and grows and grows. Why? Because you are focused on God, not on the circumstances of this world, not on the thing that hurt you. It may hurt you, it may pinch you, but you are still dependent on God. And may He help you not to be a hearer of the word, but doer as well there's a fourth type of faith that's those who are weak in faith it's like a young child that child gets up and falls down he eats doesn't eat well he's beginning to write and when you see the ABC that they've written oh it is as if a chicken drops some pen on the paper when they are eating and the food is dripping all over you wonder what is wrong but you see That's how we all learn. People are there who are weak in faith because of their circumstances, because of what they've passed through. It's difficult for them. But let us as believers encourage people like this. You see, in a household, we are all excited. When that child takes a step and falls down and gets up, we clap for that child. So the Bible encourages us to welcome people like that, encourage them to grow in the Lord. Let's take Romans chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. They accept Christians who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. But instead, one person believes it is all right to eat anything, but another one, however, has a sensitive conscience and will eat only vegetables. Those who think it is all right to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who won't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. That's what the Bible says. You are weak in faith, you will grow, you will grow, you will grow. And we are meant to grow in faith, we are meant to grow in grace. So you must seek to grow and not be the same. Not just be eating pudding or be drinking cocoa. A time has come, as he said in Hebrews, when we must leave the elementary things. And now be praying for others, be healing others, be witnessing to others, be going on mission trips, be studying and claiming great things for God, and making sure that your Father is happy with you. So weak faith. So when you receive such a person, be gentle with them, encourage them, pray with them, pray for them, and help them to grow. That is how they grow. And they are somewhat weak in faith. Don't cast them out because they are still wobbling In sin, encourage them and don't lose hope in yourself and don't give an excuse. I'm weak in the faith. No, there's a God who can help you because there's a fifth level of faith and that is called strengthened faith or strong faith. Romans chapter four, verse 20 says Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger and stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Hallelujah! Well, this commentary is on Abraham's entire journey. When God called him at first, he did not move to the Promised Land. He moved bit by bit. There were challenges. He moved from the Promised Land, Canaan, and went to Egypt. There he compromised. There he sinned. There were many trials in his life, but as he continued walking with God over and over, he was sure this is the voice of God. This is the will of God. This is the purpose of God. And therefore, he did not shake his responsibility. So when God even told him, Abraham, take your son, your only son who you love and sacrifice him. He was sure it was the voice of God and he was willing to do it. He never wavered in believing the promises of God. He had no child of his own. Well, later he had Ishmael and he had Isaac, but God had promised him that he was going to make him the father of the land, the father of many nations. His children will be as many as the stars of the skies, and Abraham believed God. What has God told you? How have you believed him? What are you confessing? Or are you making fun of the promises of God? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. This strengthened faith comes because as you take those baby steps, As you take one or two steps, God Himself encourages you, He blesses you, He empowers you, and you grow and you grow and you grow in Him till you become His beloved. And finally, like happened in Abraham's case, God said, I know, now I know that you love me in such a way that you are willing to give even your best to me. Can God say that about you and I? A new year and a new opportunity. Are you asking God to strengthen your faith? Yes, some of this strengthening comes through circumstances, but it comes by having a prayer life where you pray about things and God answers those prayers. Yes, it comes when difficulties come and you are able to go through those difficulties by overcoming. When you stand by others and you stand by the truth, you may be called names. But God knows that you are a righteous person telling the truth. Friends, faith is what pleases God. You know how we are so eager or we do not have any shame in saying, I don't eat salt, I don't eat pepper, I don't do this because my doctor says I should do this, I shouldn't do that. People are able to say it and they draw a lot of sympathy. But in this world, let somebody say, oh, I will not have premarital sex I will stay with my wife, I will be faithful to my spouse, I will not steal money, I will think pure thoughts, I will do things that honor God, and you have all kinds of people laughing at them. Because this world belongs to the devil, John 8.44, the father of the devil, who is a liar, John 10.10, 10, he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but God through Christ has come that you may have life and have abundant life and have life in this abundance. So he sent people to mock you, to make you look stupid and foolish, and you compromise. And what does he do? He comes back laughing at you and mocking at you. Friends, may your faith be strengthened. May you draw encouragement from one another. That's why I said from the beginning on part one that you see three foundational things. You must believe in God. You must read his word. You must be baptized into the church of God. You must live in fellowship with other believers who would encourage you. When you are down, they will lift you up. When somebody is down, you lift them up because you cannot do it all by yourself. For your faith to be strengthened, you must learn to forgive each other. You must learn to love each other. You must learn to laugh at the devil. You must learn to be comrades who love each other and who know we are working together to a place that God has meant for us there is a better place for us than this world we do not lose hope because God is with us the sixth type of faith is the spirit gives special faith to people that some may call it the gift of faith, the gift of faith is a special ability that God gives to some people who know beyond a certain shadow of a doubt that whatever they are praying for, whatever they are asking for God will let it happen. Yes, we all have faith. We will say ordinary faith, common faith, God-given faith, but faith the Bible teaches is also given to some people as a gift. This is a specific anointing for a specific purpose and it comes from your heart to your mind and you can accept that this is what God wants to do. We told about people like Mula. Who believed God wanted them to have an orphanage, and they had the orphanage. You believe in people who prayed for others to be healed because they believed that God wanted them to be healed. They had this strong, unwavering faith. Oh, how we need those type of faith today. The church today needs a faith of revelation. In Romans 10:17 say, "Yet faith comes from listening to this message of the good news and the good news about Jesus Christ." So there are levels of faith. And that gift of faith you receive from God. You know this is your voice. This is what he's going to do. That's what Paul can tell. Look, I'm telling you, I've heard God say, nobody, nobody would ever be destroyed in this boat. We'll all be alive. So, faith is a big thing. It's not a matter of knowing the bigness of the faith. It's a matter of knowing the big God. And arranging your life and your times in such a way that what he gives you, You use it. And the more you use it, the more God blesses it, the more doors he opens for you. Let me ask you today, my friend, another opportunity, another day, another year, another trial, another vision, another challenge. What level of faith are you going to exercise so that God can be placed with you? Let me finish by helping us to look at the three ways to ignite our faith. I said ignite our faith, because without faith from the beginning, you cannot even embark on this journey. You have been born already, you are a child of God. If you are not, then ask him, Lord, I give my life to you. Christ forgive me my sins, come and be the Lord of my life. That's the beginning point. You see, if you have received that gift from God and you are his child, then the gift is already there. But in Matthew chapter 17 verse 20, Jesus told his disciples, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will to move, nothing will be impossible to you. Here Jesus was challenging his listeners and his followers who were with him, challenging them. That they can believe and do bigger and better things. What was he telling them? First, that they dare to believe God for something bigger. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 7, 8 and 13, Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve that you come under my roof, but just say the word and the servant will be healed. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed and his servant was healed that very hour. Ask yourself, what is my need? What are God's specific promises concerning my need? Am I willing to keep this promise? Am I asking and daring God and believing Him to take me one level to the other, to pass this exam, to be more productive, to expand my company, to be a blessing, to expand this church? Are you believing God for something better and bigger? The centurion said, "Look, look, I know you, I see you, I have no doubt about you. Say the word and it will happen. May your faith well up to believe that God can help you do bigger things and achieve bigger things. That's the first level to ignite your faith. Second, to ignite your faith, you must give up something you love. Something that stands your way so you can love God even more. In Hebrews chapter 11 verses 17 and 18 says, by faith, Abraham at the time of testing offered Isaac back to God. You see, acting in faith, he was as ready to return the promised son as he had been to receive him. And we are told God said, Your descendants shall come from Isaac. But he was willing to give him up. There are some. God has given him a job, a car, a degree, a title, a husband, a family. And they are more attached to this than even God. And they are willing to give every excuse. But because of my child, my job, my promotion, my travel, my health, my life, I am not able to. Jesus said, nobody. Who loves mother, child, husband, wife is fit to be his disciple. You see, remember one thing. God will not test you beyond what you are able. But he wants to know, do you truly love me? Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love to give something you love? It reminds me of one time we were praying and fasting about asking people not to eat, to pray and fast. And one young man said, Pastor, I'm asking you to do something for me. I pray that you all help me, that during this time of prayer and fasting, I will stop listening to all those music in my ears, I will stop spending more time on the internet social media because I do these things over and over again and I even forget to eat. Some say, Pastor, I am engaged in all kinds of pornographic addiction, things that I love, things that are wasting my flesh, I want all of it to be gone. I will say I love it in the wrong sense, but I'm praying and fasting that God will help me grow spiritually. Friend, what kind of faith will it take to hand over these things to God? If you hand them over to God, say, Lord, I give them to you. There's something that has bound you that they say can never go. and say, Lord, I give it to you. Lord, I lay it at the foot of Jesus Christ and touch me, and you'll be gone. And the Lord will bless you. The third way of igniting your faith is to dare to grow spiritually. Hebrews eleven thirty-one. By faith, because she believed in God and His power, Rahab the Harlot did not die with others in her city. When they refused to obey God, she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. You see. Yes, a woman who was condemned by everybody to be a prostitute, but when she saw the hand of God moving, she was willing to support these people. Yes, we may say we don't like her lifestyle, but when she saw the opportunity, she grew above her circumstances. Friend, what are you doing to grow spiritually? Are you spending time to read the word of God? Are you fasting? Are you going on mission trips? Are you commending Christ to others? Are you saying yes, your yes is yes, your no is no, because Christ is the King of your life? Friends, this is another opportunity to reignite your faith to live for God and God to live through you. And I trust that these two messages will help you, propel you to be who God wants you to be. And I tell you, your year will be different, your day will be different it will not only be a matter of confessing Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but you are growing in Him, you have the levels of faith, you are strengthening others, and God is happy with you. Enjoy the year, and may the grace of God move you from one degree of grace to another, and may all that you do bring Him life, and bring you life and visibility to others, that they will see your good works and give glory to your Father who lives forever and ever. Amen. If we can be of help to you, contact us, Calvary Baptist Church, or any Bible-believing church this year. Be sure you're in fellowship with others, and you will be blessed. God bless you, both now and forevermore. Amen.
0: This has been the radio broadcast by Calvary Baptist Church with Rev. Dr. Fred Digny, our Senior Pastor. We hope this message blessed you. Be sure to join us, God willing, next week, the same time and station. We are in Adabaka, opposite Mr. Big's restaurant, near the Nkrumah Interchange. Also in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall and Botiano. Call us on 0243-690-485 or 0302-231-854. Contact us on WhatsApp, that's 200 Visit us online at www.calvibaptistgh.org. Write to us, Calvary Baptist Ghana, at yahoo.com.